Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. How are you all this morning? Good. You deserve a prize for making it through the rain. Um, I, my name's David, if we haven't met before, and um, we're going to have a look at these words in 1 Thessalonians. So please keep your Bibles open, whether it is in a printed form or on your phone. You're going to need God's Word as we look at it and, and hear from him together. Um, I, uh, as you know, had a sabbatical uh, earlier this summer, for which I am very grateful. And um, amongst other things, what was going on during that sabbatical was I had time to think about all of you and to give thanks for you and for what God has been doing over what is coming up to my seventh anniversary of being here at Greyfriars. And it's been such a joy to me to see this community, this family growing and, and, and going deeper in the faith. Um, and particularly, of course, during a really tough time during COVID. Um, and that was really another reflection of mine, was just how difficult that time of COVID was. And uh, I'm aware, particularly for a number of clergy, they actually quite enjoyed being tucked away in their studies and sort of not having any interruptions and, you know, no people to, to complain, whatever it may have been. But just for the record, I want you to know I hated covid because I, I deeply love you all. I love God and I love God's people. And we are meant to be together like this. This is how God has created us, to gather like this in community, to praise him together, to gather around his word. And, and so as we look at these words of 1 Thessalonians, I, as I've been praying through them, read in here both a warning and an encouragement. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. And the warning and the encouragement is in part this. It's about the danger of isolation and the joy of fellowship. So let's take a moment to pray and uh, we're then going to look at these words together. Father, I want to thank you for what you have been doing amongst us at Greyfriars and New Hope in these last seven years. Thank you, Lord, for the ways in which you have been growing us, deepening our faith in you, bringing some to faith, Lord, as well as sending others out. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray that as we look at these words now in 1 Thessalonians, that you would come and speak to us, give us ears to hear. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as we think about global mission today, uh, and we hold these words of 1 Thessalonians um, in our hearts and our hands, we can see that um, what we're doing here is we are following the Apostle Paul's global mission. And not only is it a call upon the Apostle Paul, but it's a call upon us as individuals and as a church as well. Now, as you know, Paul, or Saul as he was called, was well known for persecuting the Christian church, in fact, for killing Christians. And he had a powerful encounter with the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. And his life was transformed. He turned away from his sin, he turned towards Christ. And 
he began this journey of proclamation, of, of declaring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and of planting churches around the area, of this global mission of going out around the Mediterranean that eventually would lead, as we know, to him giving his life as a martyr in Rome. One of the churches he planted was this church that we're reading about in Thessalonica. And he writes to this church in chapter 1, if you have a look at it, we, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, he is thanking God for the church. In chapter 2, uh, he is giving some helpful uh, guidelines as to how we can live together as a family that is the church. And then in verse 17, the beginning of the reading in chapter 2 that we just heard from Alfred, we read about this, this danger and this encouragement that Paul is highlighting to us and I want us to begin by thinking a bit about the, the danger, the, the warning that comes from the danger of isolation. Now, it's clear from this reading that Paul deeply loves the Thessalonian church. Have a look at verse 17, and you'll have different translations before you. But in this one I'm reading, it says, But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, Paul is feeling this, this wretch, this sort of wrench of separation that comes from not being with the church. He feels ripped apart from them as if he were orphaned. And we go on to read that he had an intense longing to be with the church in Thessalonica. He calls them here in this passage, we read this, his joy, his hope, his crown, his glory. These are amazing words. There's a deep love and affection for this group of believers in Thessalonica. And I wonder for you, when you last felt that deep sense of longing for someone, could be a member of family or a friend, someone who wasn't with you. I was reflecting this week about my grandparents. My grandfather served in World War II. And he began on the beaches in northern France, and then he was uh, called on to serve in Burma. And he was away for the whole war, and he left my grandmother uh, and my mother as a small child alone in the UK, along with millions of others who were left as these primarily men, but also women, went on to war. And I remember my grandmother speaking about this pain of separation and how hard it was for all those years to be forced to be apart from someone that she loved. And then on the 28th of September, 1945, she received this telegram. And you may struggle to read it from where you are, but this says down here, Lieutenant Colonel Davidson, 21 Forest Avenue, Aberdeen, Sailing, expect, arrive, end October, and then his name. And I remember my grandmother holding this piece of paper, and we're talking decades after she received it with tears in her eyes. The joy of the prospect of being reunited. And so each one of us will have had a similar but different encounter where we've been separated from someone and the joy and the expectation of what it means to come back together. 
And in part, we feel this as humans because we're created by God to be in community. God created Adam and Eve to be in community with him and to live dependent upon him. But we know from Scripture that Satan tempted Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God. Sin entered the world. And they were separated. And so we read in Genesis 3 those haunting words of God, the first question of God the Father in the Bible, when he turns to Adam and says, where are you? Because he was grieving that separation. And Paul here in his letter to the Thessalonians grieves the separation between himself and this growing community of believers. But it goes further than that because it's not just about grieving the separation. There's also a danger involved in isolation. Before I was a vicar, I worked in business and I would travel every week. On a Monday morning, I would go away, uh, usually to France or Belgium, and I'd travel around Europe every day, returning on a Friday night back to London. And I was part of a little church community in South London. But work meant that I couldn't join a home group. I couldn't join prayer groups in the week. I couldn't connect with other believers during the week. And I was isolated. And I felt that sense of separation. But I also felt a growing sense of temptation and spiritual attack. And Paul is writing here in chapter 3, verse 5, that he is afraid that the tempter has tempted the church in Thessalonica. He writes in chapter 2, if you look back in verse 18, Satan blocked Paul's efforts to get to this church in Thessalonica. And the Bible is really clear about the spiritual realm. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 about the spiritual forces of evil and our call to put on the armour of God and to pray. The Apostle Peter describes the devil as a prowling, roaring lion. And I've had the privilege of going to South Africa, and some of you will know, if you've seen packs of lions prowling, they pick off those prey that are isolated. The word that Paul uses here when he says that their path was blocked getting to the Thessalonian church, sometimes it's translated as blocked, sometimes it's hindered in verse 18. It it has the meaning of a path being cut off so that you cannot get through, of being isolated, separated. And so there's a huge warning for us as the church here to avoid the dangers of isolation. So what is the answer? Well, the answer is, as Paul describes it, the joy of fellowship. He's urging us here to walk towards one another, to step out of isolation into community and fellowship with one another. So in chapter 2, verse 1, we read that Timothy says... He couldn't stand it any longer, so he thought it couldn't stand it any longer. So he sent Timothy, verse 2, 
our brother and co-worker in God's service to spread the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage the church in their faith. And this, for me, is an, a brilliant description of the mission partners that we are talking about today and championing today. And so we've just been praying, Craig was leading us in prayer for our mission partners who are sent out to South Sudan and to Wales and to Bangladesh and to Uganda to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and to strengthen and encourage others in the faith. And Paul is giving us a model here of what it means to support and encourage those who are sent out. And so it's our privilege that we support mission partners around the world. And we do that, as you've heard, through prayer, through financial giving, and through receiving these mission partners when they come home. We've had uh, Joss and, um, and Roger Charland with us recently, and the Bushels. And, and we receive them back here at Greyfriars and New Hope, and we love them and we encourage them, and we invite them to our small groups, and we build them up in the faith. But this call to fellowship doesn't just apply to our mission partners. It applies to you as well. And after a number of years of the church being divided through COVID, us being forced to spend time at home, I am going around everywhere at the moment calling people back into community that is the church. And so I want to encourage you to, to call your friends and your family back to church. If they're part of Greyfriars or New Hope, call them back here. If they're part of a local church somewhere else, encourage them to go back. If you're here today and you're not part of a small group, then speak to Natalie and join a small group. For the men here, come and join us on the 11th of November in the evening at Rushall Farm as we gather together for fellowship if you're here today and you're bereaved, it is isolating. Come and join us next Sunday morning at 11.30. Come and serve. Come and help the mission partners as they go out. Help the, the trust as we support our mission partners. Join a welcome team. Help, them, help with children or youth or students or refugees. The point is... It's not just about serving, it is about connecting and joining together in fellowship as God's people. So if you're here and you're standing on the edges of church looking in, get involved. For your sake, get involved. Because when we do this, we step out of isolation, we step into community, and together we are then strengthened in the faith, as it says here, encouraged in the faith and we're able as it says to withstand trials together and in verse 4 when it comes to face persecution together Philip II of Macedon oversaw an army and he faced huge battles an enemy that was vast but he had a tactic, and it was called a phalanx. Has anyone heard of it? And it involved a small number of soldiers standing side by side in a circle, holding in one hand a shield 
and in the other hand a sword. And when these soldiers stood side by side, they were almost invincible. People couldn't get through to them, to attack them, because they were stronger together. And the Christian faith is difficult. I don't need to tell you that. You and I will face all manner of battles and challenges and trials and difficulties. And we too have a powerful enemy. Scripture names it here in this passage. Paul refers to our enemy, Satan. But when Paul writes in his letter to the church at Ephesus, stand firm, we as people in the 21st century living in an individualistic society read this as, well, I am to stand firm. But we need to remember that Paul is writing these words, these letters to churches. He's saying, stand firm together. Pray on the shield of faith together. Hold the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God together. And as we do this, as we stand with one another, we have nothing to fear because our God, as we've just been singing, is far mightier and more powerful than any enemy we could face. But we are called to join together in fellowship as one, the body of Christ. And so these words of Scripture remind us that Standing together, we can be encouraged and strengthened in the faith as we are then sent out to spread the good news of Jesus. And we're going to share communion now. And this word, communion, comes from a Latin word, but its root is a Greek word, koinonia. And that Greek word means fellowship. You know, what we're about to do is all about us being together with God, in Christ, with his Holy Spirit, but as a community, a believer, a family of believers together. And so as we come forward and receive communion now, I want to encourage you to prayerfully ask the question, Lord, what am I doing in my life that leads me to be isolated And what are you calling me to that will lead me deeper into this fellowship that you are calling us to? So let's pray now and then we're going to receive communion together. Lord Jesus, as we look to this church in Thessalonica, we, we see and we read of this model church, this example to us all. And Lord, we thank you that the reality is you are with us. You are far more powerful. You have won the victory, Lord, over the devil, the enemy. But until you return, Lord, would you give us great wisdom as we live our lives, as we follow you, as we grow in our fellowship with you and one another.
that we would put on the armour of God. And Lord, that we would know the shield of faith around us, the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God in our hands. And that together, Lord, we would be strengthened and encouraged and sent out like our mission partners to declare the good news of you, Jesus, to all those that we meet this week. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.